Hi everyone, welcome to the 2019 Changemakers podcast. My name is Nush Cope and I'm going to be the host of the conversation today. Just to give you a little bit of context behind why we're all here, a few months ago Wagamama approached me to see if I'd like to speak to some individuals who are using their platforms to influence positive change. So on the bench today we have... Hi everyone, I'm Kaisi Latoya, also known as Kaisar, and I am an artist slash illustrator from South London. I'm really passionate about mental health, identity, topics around that, and I like to focus on these issues through my art, as well as my poetry as well. So I just like to break the stigma around mental health by using creativity and, yeah, just different avenues that are not the norm. You guys need to go and check out her art. It is insane. And she's brought out this incredible book. It's so beautiful, but we'll get onto that more later. Thank you so much. Um, Marta? Hi, everybody. My name is Marta Kanga. I am originally from Spain, hence the exotic name. I am a vegan and sustainable lifestyle blogger. I am very active on Instagram, my own blog and YouTube channel. And I talk about things that I am very, very passionate about including sustainable fashion, ethical fashion as well, living a more plastic-free lifestyle, green beauty, and obviously eating a plant-based diet. So that's pretty much me. So fab. I need to hear more about this ethical fashion thing because I struggle with that, especially in this day and age. Amazing. And Dan, last but not least. Hey guys, my name is Dan Crossley. I'm a singer-songwriter also an LGBTQ plus activist in the community, using my platform to change the way people view certain things and move forward with the stigma based around the community doing my bit. Nice. And you make some absolute bangers, can I just say. Thank you. This is a conversation, by the way. I don't want to like talk at you guys, so make sure you, if you have any questions for each other, like let's get into it. Okay, so I'm originally Spanish and I grew up in Belgium. Over there, it's a very international community, very easy to travel etc and I was very lucky to be raised obviously with lots of people from different European backgrounds. Fast forward I realised that my dad was really sick uh, when I was about 10 years. He's kind of been battling through it all our lives and that's when I started to think well I'll try to be more healthy maybe it has to do with what I eat or something. I didn't know anything about nutrition or anything whatsoever. All I knew is that maybe I had to be a bit more healthy. And then I graduated. I lived in Japan for a little while. I Yeah, it was really cool. But yeah, I think the whole healthy eating thing, I think Japan is really strong in that. And I was just very curious to learn how to cook all of that. Again, fast forward, I moved to the UK. I landed my first job in beauty. So how long have you lived in the UK? Uh, This is my fifth year. Fifth year? Yeah. Wow. You don't even have an accent. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I don't know, like, I always grew up with a British accent with me. My parents would send me to the British School of Brussels every okay. summer. I got sent here, like, every summer since I was 13 to different parts of the UK. And then for my beauty job, I had to move up north, hence the sometimes northern twang. Um, yeah, I get that a lot, yeah. I turned vegetarian just because I just didn't really feel like eating meat. I couldn't afford it either. I was just trying something new. I just wanted to see how I liked it. I was always tempted by it. I thought it would be a healthy way. Three months later down the line, I was like, you guys, this is not enough. I'm going to go 
vegan. I've never said it's easy. Mm. And I think nowadays it's been almost like four years. Got so many options. Back then it really wasn't. I had to learn how to cook my lentils, how to cook my chickpeas, my quinoa, and you know, finding sources of protein, for instance. So it came from a health perspective. And I think this comes back to the whole thing about having lots of sickness in my family and me wanting to do something about it. I didn't mm. want to be a victim of my own genetics or any way. Mm. So I was just like, I'm going to try to be healthy just because when I'm older, I don't want to be you know, sick just because I didn't look after myself, you and know? And then be sick, looking back and being like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done this, I should have done that, this. exactly. Yeah. And everybody knows that vegetables are good for you. So I was just like, well, how can I thrive in a plant-based diet, you know? So I started doing my research into obviously living plant-based. And then because I was working in beauty, I think everything came together and I experimented doing my own beauty products as well. Oh, that's interesting. Which is really cool. Yeah, it was really how cool. How did that work out for you? It actually worked out pretty well. Obviously, now I know more <laughs> back then I could only do my makeup remover maybe okay. like a dry shampoo and things like that That's um, really but good it's really though. fun it's really fun and the reason why I still love this lifestyle is because I have control over what I'm putting in my body I worked in beauty and I kind of realized it just wasn't for me and you know when you, exactly no not really and I was up north my boyfriend at the time was living in London and then I just decided it just wasn't quite for me but in the journey I was working with lots of bloggers doing influencer marketing and uh, I was just like, well, hold on, if this girl can do it, I can do it. I was just like, well, it's quite easy from the looks of it. Yeah. And then one day I was just like, well, I claim to be vegan and my leather wallet is now dead. I, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, just, I started to question my stuff. I was just like, okay, I'm doing my cruelty-free products. No, no, okay, my, my diet, okay. Like, oh my God, I'm going to actually have to change my entire wardrobe if I actually want to live this lifestyle, you know? Mm. So that's when I decided to open my blog and document my life into obviously living a more conscious lifestyle, I would say. One that is kind to the environment, kind to the animals and kind to the humans. Mm. I feel like I have finally found what I was looking for in terms of my passion. I think I was just like slowly getting there. And yeah, just to kind of like cut short, I started documenting my life in terms of living a more eco-friendly lifestyle, you know, using cruelty-free products that were also clean and kind to the environment and just looking into you know the kind of world that we live in and how I can be a better human people talking about climate change and how it's like the end of the world and I was just like well what can I do about it it all starts with us it really does I just wanted to be you know in control of my health but also knowing that I'm contributing to something bigger than me I just wanted to be able to you know if I have children for them to have a planet to live on. It's so important, Mm. you know? There are so much more out there than what's put in front of us, but it's up to us to actually step out of that box and actually start acting on our behaviours if we actually do want to have a planet to live on. So this word, sustainability, Mm. I feel like it is a bit of a buzzword Mm. and I feel like people are kind of just jumping on another trend Mm. of this year. What does sustainability mean to you? Because it's all good and well, like, having this definition of, like, what we're all trying to jump on. But what about for you? Yeah, it just has a different definition for everybody, if I'm honest. For some people, it's living zero waste. For some others, it's living plastic-free. For some others, it's having a sustainable wardrobe. For others, it's eating sustainably. Mm. It's about being conscious of how you are contributing to the planet in a positive or negative way. I'm just going to challenge you on this one thing, because as a uh, dream chaser as someone trying to make it who in turn doesn't have that much money in my pocket healthy living and sustainable living is more expensive so what can we do if we can't afford Mm. to live in those ways i think it's a change of mindset if you're talking about food you really don't need to live with nutritional yeast 
all these fancy healthy foods are amazing but you don't actually need them and I can tell you that quinoa has all the nine amino acids that you need and rice and beans are a complete protein and it's cheap Do how we- about when I'm buying fruit and veg okay because yeah. I love fruit and veg. it's expensive especially the organic but one. also it comes in a ridiculous amount of packaging and plastic mm-hmm. that yeah. gets thrown away okay. so but then if you're going to go to the farmer's market and get that's double the price So how can we combat that? I don't have the perfect answer. I'm not perfect myself. I think it's very important for all of us to just make a conscious effort. If you're in the supermarket and you're buying your veg, if you see the peppers with plastic and those without plastic, go for the ones without plastic. It's Mm -hmm. obvious. It may be 5p more, but at least you get that positive conscious of like, at least I didn't buy that plastic. Because guess what? Plastic practically never biodegrades anyways. When it comes to organic, I definitely appreciate it's a lot more expensive. I'm not saying anybody should buy organic full on. You know, if you can buy your strawberries organic from time to time or your spinach, like little then that's changes, great. You're little changes. Just, just do your research in terms of the vegetables and fruit that are better if they are organic. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes, for instance, they are a lot nicer as well if they're organic. There's other vegetables, for instance, like, I don't know, onions or potatoes that don't need to be organic because the skin is a lot thicker. Mm-hmm. For instance, blueberries are much better organic because the antioxidant skin that needs to be protected a lot more like any berries or any kind of vegetable that has a very they're so good and they're a lot tastier but But that's the thing but they're so Mm -hmm. nice I like organic eggs well yeah but that's the thing if you buy organic eggs make sure that they are free range as well they're not the same thing but you are contributing a lot more to having happier We love a happy hen. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, you guys, food is such an important thing, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying. I don't want anyone to have a bad relationship with food because I know we can bring so many mental disorders as well, and food is so important. It's there to be enjoyed. Mm. I'd rather bring you an amazing plant based dish that's full of flavor, pack of nutrients, and you're going to be like, this is amazing. I'm going to have it again. What can we do as a society that doesn't cost anything? Those who can afford it should be able to do it. However, it's true that those who cannot necessarily afford it, it's difficult. I don't really have an answer to that, but maybe then try to recycle better. If you can get a compost bin from your own like local council, that's mm. free. Learn how or to... buy from maybe charity shops and secondhand clothes rather than... Oh yeah, that's a whole different topic. Yes, absolutely. It's a question that involves everybody because we only have one planet to live on maybe you can't afford it now but if you can then please do try but it's about those little things that everybody can do to maybe a bit more sustainable maybe it's about a reusable bottle or a reusable coffee cup you know Mm -hmm. something that's an investment but but that's going to stay with you your whole life Mm, actually save you money yeah cheaper over time amazing thank you so much Martha that's so interesting Kirsty, where did this sort of passion to raise Mm. awareness and and help other people come from originally in you? Mm. This really stems from suffering from depression from age 13, 14 and not... That's so young as well. It's so young and it's only in hindsight when you look back and you was like, okay, I was really depressed. It was quite difficult. I didn't seek help for a long time, but at uni, they were giving away like free counselling. So I was like, well, I like free things. (laughs) (laughs) So I went along and it was literally the best decision that I made because I put myself first and I was able to seek help and it helped so much. And I was telling my mum about it and she was really encouraging as well. And she's kind of born and bred Jamaican woman who's really tough, doesn't show emotion, but she was so proud that 
okay, my daughter's taken this step to actually look after her mental health as well as physical health. Yeah, that was the start of my journey. And then fast forward a few years on after I've graduated, well, I was working like a really regular job and I decided I was going to quit my job and pursue a life of art. Yes! And I was like, okay, mom, this is what I want to do. Oh gosh, and how did she take it? She was really supportive. I was like, okay, because she basically said to me, whatever job you do, you need to be comfortable with it because I'm not going to be the one that's going to go out and work for you. It's going to be you. So you need to like it. I just feel like with creativity, you can really express yourself through being creative mm. as well. This is kind of me, yeah. isn't it? Well, I've told my mom now I'm going to quit my job, blah, blah, blah. So it was like December 2015 and I was like, OK, I'm getting ready. So I put up, OK, I'm doing Christmas commissions. So I was taking like art requests from people and it was literally amazing. Being able to get paid for something you genuinely love. Oh, and it's, it's like dream. you're making somebody happy, like... Because they were like secret Christmas presents. Oh, and amazing. It was just so nice. And like, I would always show my mom, like my aunt would be like, oh, mom, look. She would always be so proud. She's like, yeah. Fan. Number one fan. Always telling people about my artwork. But around the same time, my mom, she was getting a bit ill. So my family, we suffer from a condition called Marfan syndrome. But in my family, particularly, a lot of us have the heart side of it. The aorta in the heart it enlarges too much, basically. And when it enlarges to a certain point, you have to have surgery to basically stop that. So it kind of got to the point now that she had an aneurysm on her heart. So the hospital was like, okay, we need to do an emergency operation. So I was like, okay, cool. We had an appointment to go to on January 21st. So we went, I was just like to the doctor, okay, well, how serious is this? And the doctor literally turned around and said she could drop down dead tomorrow. Basically, the way I draw is on my iPad mm -hmm. and I use my finger as a stylist. So literally, I take my iPad wow. everywhere. While we was waiting for the taxi back home, I'm there drawing with my finger. And she calls over the receptionist who was minding her business, calls her over to just come and look at my art. Oh. And she's like, look at my daughter's art. I'm like, mom. She really is your number one fan. That's <laughs> literally. Incredible. Number one. So, yeah, we went home. The next evening, she was feeling a bit ill. Um, I called my brother. He came around. He was like, I think we should call the ambulance. So we get to the hospital and she's taken off to do tests. The doctor comes in maybe 20 minutes after. I'm sorry to tell you, but her heart stopped beating. And I was like, what? What do you, what do you mean? He was like, I'm, I'm really sorry to tell you, but your mum has passed away. I was just, I didn't believe it. Honestly, guys, like, it's not real. What happened with your art after that? Did you continue to draw or was it something that you had to give some time, space? Mm. I drew a self-portrait and the self-portrait is of me crying, holding a mask over my face, that's smiling. I literally released that the day after my mum's funeral and it kind of blew up on the internet and it was by accident because that it's picture was for felt, me. Yeah. Like it was, it was nothing to do with anybody else. So I started to create more art around this theme and I created a series called The Emotion Series. And it literally just documents my feelings through pictures. A lot of the imagery in this series are based off self-portraits because they're really personal to me. Mm. How do you think your art has helped raise awareness within black communities where there is this stigma around mental health? Do you think your art has helped people open up? Yeah, I mean, I would say it has because I get a lot of messages from black people literally just saying, 
thank you. I feel that a lot of people in my community, they don't see a lot of art that represents them. What other things can people do if they're feeling these emotions of solidarity or depression or whatever it might be? What can they do? I think the first thing I would say is talk. Having somebody to talk to, that is the first thing. So talk to friends, talk to family. That's where we come in, you guys come in, but hopefully me as well, as change makers to speak up about these things and make people feel comfortable that yeah, you're not alone. And that also, you're not just these brands who have a page, like you're here to give advice yeah. or and, start and a conversation. Relate, yeah, someone to relate to. So, so if you can even find pages like that on Instagram, that is positive. Follow more positive people. Exactly. Like another way of taking care of your mental health as well is just seek help. A lot of people don't want to seek help because they think it's weak. Yeah. You're not weak. It's strong to be able to come to somebody, to go to your GP, to go to your doctor and say, listen, I think I need help. I think I need some counselling. I, I think like I need like therapy. The first that, like, that's the big step. Yeah. I remember going to school and I went to the counselling and whatnot. And they actually referred me out of there because they, they, couldn't deal with my, they couldn't deal with my situation. But that for me was like the first, yeah. I was like, ooh. And there's a big wave. Yeah. Just and then as, as I carried on mm. talking and talking and talking. It gets easier. Every day just got a little bit lighter. Yeah. I felt like there wasn't so much weight on my shoulders because mm. I was just letting it out, you know? Yeah. And it's so just important. the best thing that I ever did was just get help. That's how I feel as well because when you suppress these issues... It's just so difficult and... I genuinely see mental health impair with physical health. Mm -hmm. I think that you should look forward to your therapy sessions just like you look forward to that boxing class yeah. and then you'll leave with that dopamine and just being like, I can do this. And yeah. it's literally just the same. I don't understand why one has to be more important than the other. Exactly. And it's about making that work and make it balance. It's important to remember there are other therapies other than talking therapies as well. 100%. Um, so I'm a big advocate, obviously, of art therapy. Mm -hmm. And I've run art therapy type workshops with people and just to see people come out of their shell Incredible. on a piece of paper on an iPad it's just so rewarding because mm. some people talking therapy isn't for them so yeah that's fine yeah. remember there's drama therapy there's art therapy there's sports therapy yeah. there's so much do you know what I actually love cooking is my yes. meditation yeah I absolutely 100%. love meditation is another thing that yeah. we exactly. should explore but there's so much to talk about there for me mine was getting through my heartbreak was uh, salsa I used to go to salsa once a week with my friend and it was an hour and a half of not thinking about anything. It's only seven pounds, so it was uh, <laughs> affordable. And my, uh, it's so much fun, salsa as well, isn't it? Yeah. You can just let loose, no one's watching, it's just you. But there's stuff that you can do, you know, not just once a week, but every day that just makes you feel better about yourself. I'm sure yeah. you guys have your own little yes. ways of doing yeah. that. Yeah. 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 yeah, there's loads of ways to just practice self-care and it's what makes you happy, what makes you relax. If it's taking a bath with loads of candles. Yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't have to be extravagant. Yeah. Like, you can mm, yeah. be at home and put a face mask on mm. and do a full moisturizer <laughs> like you know like and that that is self-care yeah. you know little walk yeah. fresh air yeah. even putting on like a nice outfit and like a little bit of makeup to make mm -hmm. you feel like oh sometimes yeah. if, I, if i'm badass. feeling a bit rubbish at home i will get ready as if i'm going out and i'll just feel like <laughs> you feel better yeah and i might i might just like pop to a coffee shop because i've got no plans but at least mm. like i'm getting out and i'm feeling good about myself you know 100%. yeah for me it's actually switching off my phone because i'm obviously a blogger i spend so much time online it's basically what i do i actually find social media 
like amazing, but it's also so addictive. So for me, self-care is actually turning all my notifications off, mm-hmm. including WhatsApp, including Instagram, mm-hmm. emails, everything. Yeah. Turning it off and leaving it in another bedroom. Yeah. And I'll maybe like watch a series that I like, read a magazine that I enjoy, uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. That it, for me is absolute self-care. So Dan, Dan the man. Hello, hello, hello. Last but not least, you've got a new single out, haven't you? Yeah. Whole project's dropped now, actually. Really? Yeah. Where can we find it on Spotify? Spotify, YouTube Music, Tidal, all of the good stuff, oh, Apple Music. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So talk to me about your journey and your music journey as well. Where did it all begin? I moved to London when I was 18. Well, I had a year in Spain first Ooh. on my own, which is very bizarre. But a bit about my background previously is I'm from a town called Telford above Birmingham. I'm from up there, uh, did all my school life up there, and then moved to Spain when I was 17, so super young, wow. and off I went. Was it quite diverse growing up? Or was very, it, yeah? yeah, very diverse. Not in the LGBTQ plus community, but in other ways. I was one of many cultures in my school, which was great. Do you know what, it was really fun and eye-opening growing up. The first school I went to was actually a private school, which differed very much from my later secondary school life. When I was in primary school, it was all very, like, white kids, you know, yeah. and very... Uh, what was classed as normal and all of that mm. in those days. And then, you know, moving through school life and even being gay wasn't, like, so accepted in, like, the more privileged schools, as we'd say, you know. At what age did you come out? So, was that 13? <laughs> yeah, eight? that is that is young. Yeah. Good for you, have... though. Like, Thanks. Yeah, it was, really it was a big fun. move. I never would have done it in my previous school. Really? No. In the previous school, like, the younger school when I was growing up, was very, um, your kid does sport. Like, that's what you do. Yeah. You're on the cricket yeah. team. That's what it was. It was very, like, regimental. Were your peers supportive of you? Or when did I you came ever out? experience any sort of, like, homophobia? I did, yeah. I experienced a lot, like, previous to coming out, actually more so than when I was out, which was really strange. But you find that. Like, I know a lot of people that deal with more problems when they're not out compared to when they're out. Because yeah. people think it's something to pick at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You find that when you come out, it's very much like, okay, well, there's nothing really to say anymore because you're, you're telling me what I already know. Yeah. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. They use gay as an insult and okay. it's like, but, okay. yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're aware. I am. <laughs> wow, that's oh, so empowering. Well done you. I feel like that probably gave the strength to other people who saw your confidence in that to just speak up as well. So which young is, as well. Yeah. I actually told a really random friend at the time at first and it was just like, I purposely told someone quite distant first okay that might make it a little bit easier to tell someone closer yeah a lot of people go the other way and tell their closest first and I kind of like Um, you know so what what does it feel like having to feel like you have to hide away from like who you are what's that feeling it's really enclosing and it's it's not a nice place to be I'm really lucky to have the family that I do my fifth birthday I did like a fancy dress birthday party as you do and invited everyone everyone around from school and like all of the guys came as like action men and like I was baby spice oh my god sick (laughs) you know it had to be done I went around with that little like lollipop and everything it was great I was living my best life my nan like made the outfit for me like it was so cool Um, but yeah like I said I'm so lucky to grow up in that environment where it's like it's very free and it's all about being who you are not a lot of people have that which is obviously why I'm here today and why I'm using my music platform to raise awareness of 
the issues that are surrounding the LGBTQ plus community. What would you say to people who are struggling with feeling comfortable to just be who they are and let the world know? Do you have any kind of personal advice? I would say don't put too much pressure on yourself. There's so much time to come out. I was like secretly seeing a guy like a couple of years above me in school, you know, like you had like a little flirty (laughs) thing going on. And I walked home, you know, all giddy. My mum was like, oh, how are you? And I was like, mum, I'm in love. And and she was like, what's her name? I was like, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. Do you know what I mean? And she was like, all right, what do you want for tea? But yeah, I think that's the, you know, nothing else needs to be said about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what about in the music industry? How has being gay affected that? Do you think it's been a positive thing or do you think people have reacted to it? Because I know you said that, you know, with music, why should you have to make music for gay people or for straight people? Why can't music just be music? Like, what's your experience being with that? When I was first, like, beginning to take music seriously and, you know, I was, like, 15 and I'd travel, like, get the train to London back and forth and whatnot, being in the studio, writing songs about guys... You know, being told by different record execs or producers that I was working with, or co-writers even, change the he to a she, because that's going to be more marketable. And for a while, I was really conscious of like how I spoke, because I was told, you sound too feminine. Or, mm. And I think it, that all just comes back from education and what we're socially conditioned to mm. as, as kids. We see the princess and the prince. Yeah. I don't think anyone is born a bad person, or you're not born homophobic you're not born racist it's what you're conditioned to naturally and now it's about educating ourselves to actually Mm. what is going on in the world I'm really happy actually that I think it was last week it's just been brought into play that in sex education they're actually gonna do an LGBTQ plus situation with that so that's a step forward that is huge I remember sitting in class knowing I was gay and I was like oh does that mean I can't have sex like and it's so true like you know you don't get that information and it's vital really and also things that weren't apparent when we were growing up when things that now are evolving with technology and whatever you know transgender people the communities are so prominent and we need to educate Mm -hmm. our young people if we're taught more about these subjects maybe from a younger age we can understand them more and people won't you know and then again it comes back to it will then be seen as normal because it is Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean if it is brought in earlier and you're not socially conditioned to something else and what is classed as normal. It's all what we're learning growing yeah, up. Yeah. Well, I've seen that Wagga Mama's just put the gender-neutral gender neutral toilet. toilets. Yeah, I saw Amazing. that as well. When I went in and all these men were sort of looking at the women like, oh, that's what you do in yeah. here. <laughs> like, I can't tell you girls, I am sick of standing outside the toilet waiting for you at the club. <laughs> like, I hang around with girls. I'm a gay man. Like, yeah. I've got a lot of girlfriends. And also, the queue for the men's is always a lot shorter, so that helps oh us yeah, out if you are in and out, yeah. then brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just one little thing that we, you know... And it's a small change, but, like, those little things really help. It's just about inclusiveness, I guess, isn't it? Don't be afraid of the conversation, because I think the problem is we're so afraid of offending people and saying the wrong oh, thing yeah. nowadays or whatever, but it's just about educating yourself and being open to the and conversation. The truth is, if you're open to conversation... No question is rude. If it's coming from a good place, it's not rude. Mm. You might think you're coming across rude. If someone comes to me and says, oh, it might be an ignorant question or whatever, I'm like, hit me with it. Because, like, let's talk about it. it, it, Because you can tell it's coming from the right place. And that's the only thing. There's a difference, like, when kids were, like, in school, like, oh, are you gay? To, I want to sit down and talk with you. Because, like, I've seen you're a bit more feminine, but, like, 
does that mean you're gay? Or it's a different yeah, way of putting yeah. things, you know? And even if you're not, you know, a member of that community, you can still campaign for it as yes. well. Like, I think people are scared, like, oh, because, you know, I'm not lesbian, I'm not gay, I can't go to Pride. Or yeah. because I'm white, I can't campaign yeah. against racism. Yeah. Like, it's so funny you say that because my husband just started working now and he's actually in the Pride and inclusivity team. But he's married to obviously me, yeah. so it's, it, it, it doesn't matter. Shout out to all of the straight men that have gay best friends. You're winning. <laughs> In it though, <laughs> yes, of course. Amazing, and I'm not bothered by it as well. I don't know about you guys, but I feel really inspired by our conversation today. Mm. It's so rare that you get three people from different backgrounds with different interests to come together mm. to talk about these things. I just want to end on a really positive note, and I'd love to hear from each of you. You know, if there's anyone listening who has been struggling with certain mm. things, you know, a couple of tips or pieces of advice that you can offer, anything that would inspire and help. Whatever you go through, you can push through. Advice that I would give to somebody is find your passion, find your interest, find the thing that makes you happy and do more of it. If your passion is cooking, cook as often as you can. Invite your friends around. If you like shopping, shop to your heart's content. <laughs> like become a personal shopper. Do you know what I mean? Just find the thing that you are passionate about. And it is also about surrounding yourself with the right people so that you're able to open up to those people because it's very important to talk. It's so important to support your friends, your family, and literally just be a listening ear. Thank you so much. Amazing. So next time you're on social media and you see a top model maybe wearing a super nice floral skirt and you want to buy it straight away, hold it and think whether you actually need it. Eat more plants. <laughs> it's good for you. It's good for the environment. It's nice for the animals. Just remember that everybody has a different journey and different budget for sustainability. Do what you can and be proud of it. Lovely. I love that. Thank you. I would say for anyone that's struggling with their sexuality or anyone that's going through a hard time, surround yourself with positive people. There are people like you around. You may not feel like it, but there are. Reach out to whoever. Always make sure you're safe before you make any decisions. Surround yourself with love and people that care about you. Absolutely. And I think mine is just start the conversation and find people that have the same interests as you. Also, reach out to people. Please do reach out to us or anyone else who inspires you because we yeah. are always here to help. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. But thank you so much for joining me, thank all of you. you so much. Much. That was so nice. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>